Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily with some market commentary today. Before we get to my conversation with our guest, uh, just a quick look at the numbers. Just a really down day, red day all around for the metals. Uh, gold's trading down to about 1836 uh, futures basis. Silver's, after that big gap up yesterday, uh, is down quite a bit today, actually over 7.5%, excuse me, about 9.5% to $26.65. And so uh, that gap that it made yesterday has been filled and then some to the downside. Uh, I'm really happy to be welcomed back by our friend Brian London from the Gold Newsletter. Uh, Brian, uh, first of all, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Trevor. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Um, Man, what an interesting couple of weeks. Haven't, haven't we had, I mean, I guess you could say an interesting five days in the silver market. Uh, we got to jump right into this because I know um, I know you were a little bit, had some skepticism with this, uh, all the frenzy in the silver market. Uh, maybe some naivete that moved in. Uh, people like you and I who have been in this market for a long time. Uh, on one hand, we we're excited about the, uh, you know, the all the sites, you know, people having their eyes on the market, but at the same time, it's like, uh, where were you a year ago? Yeah, that's true. You know, as we were getting, I know you were, and, and I was getting a lot of inquiries from people over the weekend, you know, wow, what's this silver thing? How can I get involved? What are the best stocks? And I said, well, the best stocks are the ones that are up five to eight times in price that if you would have asked me this a year ago, I could have pointed to you, them to you. And it's just a different world now. Um, yeah, a, a bit skeptical about the whole thing because we had a good thing going, you know. We have clear, powerful, probably the, the greatest fundamentals we've ever seen in the metals market and in, in, since the 1970s at least, working in our favor. And, and we have ahead of us what could be a slow but sure climb in silver and gold, one that will evolve over years, you know, maybe five years, another kind of bull run like we had in the early 2000s. And over that time period, you and I know that we would have the opportunity to invest in and take profits in juniors over and over again, that would go up three, four, five times, even a 10 bagger here and there, and really have the opportunity to create life-changing wealth from this trend if it lasts five years. But if we have a kind of a speculative frenzy that comes in, since the price soaring and then crashing again, it could really damage that market. As it turns out, that lasted a day and probably didn't do much damage, probably net good, as you say, in attracting some attention to the market. Uh, but there was a lot of misplaced hopes and dreams in that. I, I sympathize with everyone, all of the Redditors and that, that uh, group of investors who are, who are coming in to stick it to the man. Um, but I think their efforts are misplaced, you know, largely. Um, well, they, it's a different market in silver than what they saw of GameStop and AMC and the rest. Yeah, it, that's. I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that deserves to have some dialogue here. Um, I, I guess there's so many directions I could take this. I kind of wanted to ask you about the the way this generation trades is really 
appears to be momentum driven, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a it's a it's a hard in go in really quick, push this thing up, sell for profits, then move on to the next thing. So we're not necessarily seeing long term holdings here, and that's not necessarily the moves we're seeing from this generation of investors. It's more trading, right? I would say it's more trading. Um, Video game. Or casino. Yeah. Now, is a casino appropriate? Where that's not necessarily what the fundamentals of a, of this equities market was supposed to be in hindsight, right? So there's not enough incentive to say, you know, holding on to a position, putting in buying the stock or the equity and holding for a year or a couple years. Um, we're seeing more people going into the options derivatives game, pulling those pulling those equities up that way and then getting it out for a trade and some gains Um, is what we saw in the silver just kind of emblematic of the monster that has been built. Yeah. And they're investing in silver. We're investing more so in the, the juniors, the expiration plays, junior producers, et cetera, because we recognize that it's a very inefficient market. I tell newbies to the sector all the time. If you want to just, you want to get involved, you don't want to put much work into it, buy GDX, buy GDXJ, buy some silver bars and coins and stuff them in your, your closet and be done with it. But if you're willing to put in the sweat equity, the skull equity, the, the research, the money to subscribe to some newsletters, uh, the time to listen to your podcast and others, uh, the, the time and money to go to some of the best conferences out there, uh, it's a lot of fun, number one, but if you're willing to do that, uh, you can find hidden gems because it is an inefficient market. And you can find these juniors that are going to multiply in price over the course of a longstanding monetary based bull run in the meadows. Uh, and you can do much better if you do that. But that is an investing game. That's not the kind of thing that these people are going to put in that time and effort. They're going to be on the internet, they're going to be pl- trading, they're going to be uh, playing the trends on the, the technicals over the very short term. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you, I don't know about you, but I know I quite often fall in love with this, these stories and these companies and hold them too long. So maybe we can learn a little bit and learn to sell better. I know I can. Uh, learn to sell a little bit better. <laughs> trigger finger, maybe. Well, and I think, you know, I'm thinking about the types of trading you're seeing in the general market and the options market. And if you take it back and you think about how we're always saying in junior, in the junior exploration industry, if you are speculating in this, you got to take profits because it's too risky. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very unlikely that exploration projects are going to turn into a full fledged producing mine. And even if they do, it's going to take a long, long time. Right. So if you do get a big run up, the smart thing is to take profits. So it's not necessarily completely different from what we're seeing from these options traders. However, it does take a little bit more patience. I, would, I think that's fair to say mm-hmm. in the junior yeah. side. It, it does. And it, it takes a little more patience. But then again, it's not like the patience that a real value investor is going to take over, say, five years. We're we're looking for these juniors, probably our typical time frame to reach our at least our initial investing goals is 18 to 24 months, you know, and which is why we can also take some chances on on geopolitical regimes that may not be the best in the world because the country only has to hold together for a couple of years. 
Um, that said, you know, there, I, I, my portfolio is replete with investments that I've held for much longer. And, uh, and it is a case by case basis. But the other key factor that I think they missed with, with trying the same tactics in silver is they were buying things like SLV, which is, you know, the custodian is JP Morgan. And the bad guys are different in the silver market. You know, the hedgies are typically long silver. Um, and they're betting against the commercials, which are the real bad guys in this market. They don't really care. You know, the, the CME raises margin requirements. Uh, the, the, the longs get scared out, but the hedgies, they don't really care. You know, that the honey badgers of the, uh, of, of the silver spec, of the metals trading in general, they just don't care because they, they're doing that as a course of building. They actually have to hedge production in a lot of cases and hedge positions. But they're also the big money that can come in and swamp that sector with newly created paper silver with a keystroke. So not only are the trading volumes, you know, you see a lot of these talking heads talking about, well, the silver market, look at the trading daily in the comics. It dwarfs anything that the, the market cap of GameStop, uh, even at these levels. Well, that's not real silver. That's silver conjured out of thin air. That's not even... Um, relevant to the supply demand fundamentals of silver and if they're going to attack the silver market they need to understand who the bad guys are and they need to do it in ways that take physical silver off the market and that would be the ones with allocated holdings like uh, the sprot uh physical bullion trusts and the like you know where where they have to actually go out and secure the silver and they're going to create an environment where the physical price of silver trades at a significant premium to the COMEX price. And if you create that kind of arbitrage, then you force the COMEX scheme to collapse. If you can get to that point where you have a consistent premium in the physical market. The efforts were admirable. And I don't know, do you think this is done? Do you think this is over after a day like today? Uh, well, it's going to happen again. And one of the things I wrote about early last week was that, you know, I had responded to a tweet. Somebody said at some point in 2021, you will not be able to take delivery of gold bullion. And people were saying how crazy it was. And I responded to the tweet. This is not a crazy prediction. Uh, and then I expanded on it in one of my uh, golden opportunities issues I put out saying it is probably going to happen this year because it doesn't take that much. We've seen over the last 10 years it happen in numerous occasions. When something happened in the market, then it prompted primarily Western investors, primarily U.S. investors to go out and buy all the available gold and silver bullion uh, on the market. And, and it could happen in a flash for any reason. And sure enough, I thought it would happen sometime this year. It happened in three days. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't realize that was going to happen. But it's not that unusual. We've seen it happen where all of a sudden you have this surge of buying and all of it happened last March um, in the middle of the pandemic. All of the, uh, the available silver and gold bullion got snapped up in the matter of a few days. Um, and it's and it's it'll happen again at some point. The key is having it happen, having physical demand on a sustained basis that creates a premium in the the physical market that is above the comex price and no matter what they do no matter if they try to settle in cash try to go to exchange for physicals if there is that big arbitrage opportunity where big players can come in and say no no we're taking the physical silver that we bought cheap 
much cheaper on the exchange and you're going to give it to us or we'll see you in court. That's the kind of thing that will close that gap and either collapse that that paper trading, that that fractional banking scheme on COMEX, or at least bring those prices back toward the real physical demand, which right now is about a three to four dollar premium over spot. Well, we've we've already seen history like that rhyme. You know, the Hunt brothers tried to front run uh, yeah. the silver market there. And I mean, long story short, from what I understand is uh, they were threatened to be audited if they didn't just sell it for the profit, and not not take the physical. Well, they what happened was Jarecki changed was the uh, chairman of the exchange at the time and changed the rules on them. And basically, it's the same thing that Robinhood just did. Sounds you, see, it rhymes. It rhymes. Yeah, exactly. It does. Robinhood did the same thing. They said you cannot buy; you can only sell. And and uh, the exchange back then said no more buying, only selling, liquidation only. And they raised raised margin requirements. Uh, and basically, they they uh, you know put a gun to the head of the of the uh, position that the hunts had built up and pulled the trigger, changed the rules on them, as it were. And that will always happen. They will always protect those interests. I mean, you see the uh, CFTC come out and say that they are going looking at what they need to do to protect the silver derivatives market. Nothing about protecting the investors who want to buy silver. Uh, they want to protect the derivatives market, and that, which has no relation again to the supply-demand fundamentals of real silver, none whatsoever. It, it, it the silver that they they're trading every day is merely a bet on uh, the direction that those forces will be able to push that paper market today or tomorrow. How do we keep this pressure up? I'm not saying the last couple of days were. In, you know, ineffective. I think that there is some benefit to what has happened, despite what we're seeing in these prices and the downtrend today. I do think overall this is beneficial because it it brought more eyes of people who are new to the precious yeah. metals sector or mining or even just, you know, the fractional banking system behind precious metals to realize like something's not right here. That's got to be worth something. Yeah, I, I, I think it will help. I think it will help. Um, but how many of those people really did the research into what's driving the metals markets? How many of them looked into the fundamentals that are driving this market, the, the money creation, the debt creation, what that portends for uh, financial markets, the fact that we can never have real interest rates that are positive? ever again, as long as this financial regime is in place. Um, the fact that all of this is so bullish for metals and that in other things as opposed to the value of the currency. How many people are going to do that kind of research? Some fraction, but will it be enough? Um, I think we just have to take heart in the fact that silver made headlines um, and so that there is some presence of mind that it is a decent investment. It didn't do a GameStop. You know, it did not lose, you know, 40 percent of its value in a day, didn't gain, you know, didn't double in a day either. But it's back where it was two days ago. Uh, gold's down a little bit more, but there it's still a very viable investment. And there has to be an education process, I think. And people have to realize the right way to do it. 
is to buy physical. I mean, hell, it's a smart thing to do anyway. You're insuring against something that you, you know, it's not like buying house insurance, home insurance, where you don't really expect that you're going to have a fire. It's buying against, to, to hedge against something that's inevitable, that you know is going to happen. You know the dollar is going to be depreciated because debts are so large. So why not just sock away some silver and gold? And if enough people do that, then the price will eventually reflect that demand. It's hard to get hard to get your hands on any silver right now. It sounds like the bullion dealers are basically sold out. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure how the mint replenishes everything. Uh, that's a whole another part of the industry that uh, I'm. Yeah. You know, I I'm just kind of naive on. Um, but you know, I I kept on thinking. Every member, I think it was last year, when we saw silver premiums get up to fifteen percent on an you know on on you know one ounce coin or whatever. Yeah, and even now, I mean, with gold hitting all-time highs back in August and silver still hasn't played the catch-up from that ever since, it's still maybe maybe as much of an undervalued uh, investment now as it ever has been, even if it did stay up above $30. I still think it's undervalued. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, um, for, for gold to get to its 1980 high in inflation-adjusted, dollars um it would have to get up to i forget what the number is now somewhere over twenty five hundred dollars an ounce to actually set a new record in constant dollars for silver that's more like 160 dollars and and so the upside potential in a typical market environment which i think we will have over the next few years um silver is going to do that or should do that so you have much greater potential and of course if you want to leverage those gains, then you get into the silver miners. And if you want to leverage them more, you get into the smaller silver plays. And we've seen how well those have done. So it really is explosive profit potential. I've been a longtime silver bug. I tell people all the time, if you, if you like gold, and you should, then you have to love silver because it's going to move much further for the same reasons. How do you feel about how do you keep these people engaged? If, you know, the people that just found the silver market here in the last week or two, uh, we obviously have some attention um, and we're doing it with new ways of communicating through social media. And even, you know, you and I are receiving phone calls from people who <laughs> never, never cared, you know, two whips uh, before. But, yeah. you know, what do, we, what do we need to do as metals people, as people that support the mining industry to really keep that attention? and bring them along with the ride well I, I think you know more of what we have been doing we 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 you and i are in the business of educating people to opportunities and to the real factors driving this market we just hope that these newbies kind of find us and start listening you know maybe there's more we can do in a concerted effort to 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 go from ground zero and, and explain uh, the fundamentals better uh, in a way that they can understand. I think these hashtag silver squeeze is probably something we can exploit is, is a common area. We can probably go onto some of these Reddit forums, um, which, you know, <laughs> you have to kind of gird yourself before you jump into some of those forums. <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, you know, maybe go there, go to them and try and explain it. That's, that's probably a good idea. Uh, 
you know, approach them on their own terms and in their own media channels to, to try and explain it. Because it is, it, it is not only a, an ad, admirable effort and a gallant effort, it's right now misdirected a bit. And if it can be directed toward uh, the proper channels that will influence the market, it could have a very real effect. Brian, it's really good to chat with you. I'm glad we can make this happen. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Trevor, and I uh, hope you and the family have been well and look forward to our next opportunity. Yes, and only uh, an LSU fan would throw out Honey Badger. So <laughs> I could not resist. <laughs> I loved it, man. It was wonderful at the time. Yes, it was at the time. It was at the time. All right, uh, Brian London from the Gold Newsletter, everybody. That's going to wrap things up for today. We will be back tomorrow morning with the news briefing. Have a wonderful night, and we'll talk to you in the morning. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.